Welcome everyone, this is your captain speaking. We ask that you fasten your seatbelts because free parking is taking off. Once again, welcome to the first all new episode of Free Parking. That's F R E E. I'm your host, Gustavo Julian, for Hawk Radio. If you've never heard the show before, uh, I wouldn't be surprised because it was a live radio show in 2018, still with Hawk Radio, recorded from the Ebor campus. And now things are different. Uh, well, a lot of things are different in the world. I'm sure you're aware. But um, we'll get more into that later in the show. For the next hour, a uh, whole hour, geez, let's, let's start off just by saying... An hour is so long. It's so much time to talk and just talk, uh, especially by myself. I could have brought guests on, and I will do so in future shows, but I wanted to know, I wanted to make sure that the machine that is this podcast, Free Parking, um, I knew how it worked before I bring anyone on. You don't, you don't build a boat and then go, okay, well, let me bring all my family on the boat to try it out for the first time. You got to try it out yourself because what if the boat sinks, then you got to rebuild it. And this is a very new uh, setup for me to have the the microphone that I own and and to have to control my own volume like this and and where I'm where I'm where I'm sitting has a big influence on how the audio is picked up. Uh, so I have to stay still with the microphone, it's not like when we did uh, the Ebor shows, and it was a lot simpler, I'll say that. Um, but I'm here, and <laughs> for the next hour, I'll be talking about what this show even is. Because, <laughs> I mean, really, these past two minutes, there's, there's no clue what it is. I'm just talking about myself. It's not about me. I, I, well, it kind of is. But it's not supposed to just be about me. Um, I'll talk about the state of things with this show and also with the world at large. I'll talk about the Batman trailer. Very important, very important to the state of the world. And I'll talk about mythology. I'll review a book. And then I've got like a list of 50 other things I can talk about if we need to reach that one hour mark. Uh so to start this week's episode off and the show itself, I want to explain it. Finally, it's been long awaited for the past three or four minutes, but you're finally going to get to know what the show is about. Uh, and it starts with the capitalist board game Monopoly. Uh, I'm sure you've played the game, and if you haven't, uh, give it a try. It might not be as timely in recent years, but it is very fun and uh, I always found it fun because I like winning games and I'm very good at Monopoly. And I also like games where you can get money. And I wish it was real because uh, I, I could sure use some. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure when you have played Monopoly, you've seen uh, one of the, the corners of the board is a space that says free parking. And maybe that was your first thought when you saw the title of this podcast. Uh, I would not blame you because that is that is where the title comes from. When I play Monopoly, 
and I'm sure when other people play Monopoly, this isn't an official rule, but when you pay your taxes or whatever, you know, when you get a card, it's like everyone has to pay $1 to, to the state or whatever. I'll be honest, I haven't played Monopoly in a while, but you, you get what I mean. So when everyone pays all that kind of stuff, where it's not directly to another player, it gets placed at the center of the board. And when someone lands on the free parking space, they get everything that was on the board. So how does that connect back to being the title for this podcast? Well, I want this to be a variety show. I don't want to pigeonhole myself into any specific category, especially after being in quarantine for a while and and being stuck at home and just not being able to do a lot of things. I don't want to limit myself in terms of of what I talk about on here. I don't want to be like, this is a show about comics. This is a show about movies. Uh, It can be a show about any and all of those things. And I hope that you uh, give it a chance. Um... You know, I'm sure that if you're in quarantine, life is very boring. And if you need to waste away an hour, this is probably the way to do it. Uh, there are other ways. Uh, we all know. But yeah, in some episodes, I may talk about entertainment, whether it be comic books, movies, video games, etc. And uh, others, maybe the focus will be on more philosophical questions and concepts or maybe for halloween i'll talk about scary things like real world news am am i right no audience (laughs) but the point is every potential topic is getting placed at the center of the metaphorical board uh I, i really hope this metaphor works but i'm this is the free parking space so i get all the topics every topic in the, in the center of the board, gets it comes to me. I'm getting it. So, yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoy this show. Uh, apologies if this first episode is a bit, uh, a bit rough around the edges. Um, it will get better. The only way we can improve is by starting somewhere and uh, having a foundation to build on. So yeah, I hope you give it a shot. Just because I want to talk about a lot of different things, however, doesn't mean this show is going to always feel like a random mishmash of topics from here and there. There has to be something cohesive in every episode uh, that ties everything we talk about together. And for this week, we're talking about change. That's the, that's the main topic, and everything is going to relate back to that. You'll see how. I mentioned earlier that in 2018, Free Parking was originally a radio show. That lasted for the entire summer, two hours, every Wednesday, I think from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Often uh, with my friends Nick and Nielsen. I got to play a lot of music. We took calls in. We had a lot of fun. We did a lot of bits. I remember me and Nick would always pretend, like at some point we just pretended that there was a jazz band in the studio. And I would play jazz music. I had the ability to just play music. That was really fun uh, every week to just make a little outline of what we would talk about and put a bunch of music in 
after every segment, which isn't possible to do here because this is going out on Spotify, uh, and then you have copyright and stuff. So while those shows were live and you could do stuff like that, you can't do that here, which is uh, very difficult. But back to the radio show, uh, it was, yeah, it was very laid back. And to be completely honest, not always the most professional thing in the world. I'm not trying to be like, oh, a bunch of mad lads doing a radio show. It, it, I'm not, <laughs> I guess it does sound like that, though. Um, it was live for two hours, which is a very daunting task. Uh, even though they're both focused on being audio only, I think there's a lot of differences between a radio show and a podcast. It's a lot like film and television. You can use the same tools to do both, but the creative process throughout and, and the shape of what you make can be very different. And with the radio show, I've noticed that I, looking back at my old uh, files and stuff, I would write a basic outline and prepare a music playlist, meet with my friends and co-hosts every Wednesday, record a show for two hours, and that was it. Uh, with a podcast, however, things are a lot different. I'm not just writing a little outline just saying, like, these are topics we'll talk about. I'm writing something incredibly comprehensive because I'm very nervous that we won't reach that one-hour mark if it's just me talking fast. Um, and, and I'm just reading words now that I wrote days ago. And I could be recording this at 3 p.m. or 3 a.m. And unless I sound extremely tired, You'll probably never be able to tell. I'm so sorry. I just burped. Oh my god, I'm doing it again. I'm really sorry. But I'm not going to stop recording. But <laughs> when I do finish recording the whole show, it's not over. Because I have to edit it, put it together, and then distribute it. And um, that's interesting for me. It, it's it's more... It has more to do with the, the parts of the creative process that I'm more interested in, I think. Uh, doing a radio show live is very easy, and you get kind of stuck, and you just go, okay, well, this is a format forever. I'm just going to do this, 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 this. But with the podcast, nobody's expecting me to do anything here um, besides put together a good and professional show, which I hope I do. Um, but the, the format of it allows me to be more creative with it, uh, with a radio show, there's only so much time to record. Uh, I mean, we had two hours, but it, it's very long, and and you can't just tell your friends, all right, well, we have to put all these resources into it. And with this one, there's a lot more room to be experimental. Uh, in future shows, I hope to be able to have, I, I will be able to have guests from anywhere, and not just people who uh, can make it to the campus on the day of recording, especially now where every interview is going to be done via Zoom because uh, obviously it's not safe to really hang out with anyone. You shouldn't be going out to public places. Um, I'll get more into that later. I, I got to keep, I got to stay focused. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of really cool ideas that I'm excited to try out and topics I hope to discuss. Um, that I just couldn't do if this was a radio show. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited to try that stuff out. Of course, whew, if it weren't for the global pandemic, have you heard of that? Uh, I'd probably be doing this still in the radio show format uh, as a live show in Ivor. But, um, 
Yeah, times change. They certainly do. One thing I want to make clear in this first episode is that I don't intend to focus heavily on coronavirus. Um, I'm not ignoring it at all. You can't ignore it. It's everywhere, and it's changed the world so much, and how we do things. Its its impact is, is crazy. I mean, we're living through something that they're going to write history books about, and, and I know you could say that about a lot of things, really. Uh, you could say that about every year, I guess. But this is this is oof, this is something that we're all going to remember. You know, it's not like something everyone's just going to forget. The entire world is living through this, um, more or less. But I'm not going to come every week and give you an update and be like, "Well, this is how many statistics are going on, and 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 this is the update on the vaccine." I'm not going to do that. Uh, because it's being covered everywhere else by people who are much more qualified than me to talk about it, including probably on Hawk Radio itself. I'm sure there are people talking about coronavirus, which is good, and um, you should check them out. I'm a doctor. I'm <laughs> Wait, sorry, I'm reading this wrong. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a politician or a journalist. Uh, let me put the script away. I'm a college student doing a radio show. Uh, this is not the place where anyone is going to go to hear news about the coronavirus. And because I'm well aware of that, I'm not going to make it the point to, to, to focus on that. I will be talking about things related to it, certainly, even within this show later. But um, I have no intention to give any weekly updates something but you, you can't deny the effects it has on the world uh which are so great that it's always going to come up somehow i'm sure in every show but um i haven't said that all that i do want to stress if you do go out in public absolutely wear a mask be sure to wash your mask too and and have multiple masks if you can um you know it's probably best to Keep social distancing and stay home. I know it's hard. I know a lot of people have jobs that call them in. I have a job that calls me in, and I have to work there. And, and it's very safe, the conditions I work in at my job. But I know for other people, it might not be the case. And I'm really sorry if you do have to go through that. Uh, that's not fair on you. But um, it's obvious to me, without getting too political, uh -oh, that our government isn't doing the best job of helping to end this pandemic quickly. Uh, so it does fall to the people, to us, to do our part and help ourselves by helping each other. So please stay home if you can and wear a mask if you can't. Thanks. So while mere seconds have passed, uh, it's been about two hours for me. Uh, you know, it's the magic of, of audio production. Uh, time just flows differently. I had recorded most of the episode, but there were problems with, I'll be honest, uh, about everything. <laughs> um, 
So we're doing it again. We're giving it another shot. I really want to apologize if anything sounds uh, janky or not very not 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 its best. Um, working in these conditions in coronavirus, you know, in social and in, in lockdown—that's the word. Uh, it's difficult because I'm really just using the resources that are available to me. So it's not going to be as perfect as it would have been. Uh, if it was in a professional studio in the Ebor campus, um, like we did with the Hawk radio show. Uh, but things are different uh, with this one. So moving on to something uh, a lot less serious. And finally, again, the housekeeping out of the way. Jeez. Uh, I'd like to talk about the Batman trailer. It was released last Saturday, before last. Um, and it's got about... 19 million views right now uh, on the official Warner Brothers page, which is very cool. It was uh, trending. Uh, it was all the talk on social media and all that. Uh, everyone was excited. It's directed by Matt Reeves, who made the Planet of the Apes movies, the reboot. Um, I think there were three of those, and they looked... Those monkeys, let me tell you, those monkeys uh, weren't no monkey business. Um, I'm, I really hope they worked that into the posters or something. But uh, it stars Robert Panson as Batman, uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, Paul Dano, Dano, uh, one of the two, as the Riddler, uh, Colin Farrell as an unrecognizable. Uh, Oswald Kawapot, his makeup is, is incredible. If you if you should you should check it out if you have a computer or a phone or whatever. And yeah, it's um it looks really good. It looks dark, mysterious, uh Fincher-esque. Like I, I don't know if if I'm not like I, I don't consider myself to be a a, a, a well versed cinephile, but uh, I would I would I would go into that direction. If I was to if I was to describe it, um, so yeah, it's very impressive, especially when they've only shot twenty five percent of the movie before they had to go into lockdown. Um, I'm really excited to see it, but the question that was on my mind was, how is it even possible for us to still be excited to see another Batman movie? What draws people, whether it be the audience? us or the creators you know writers directors actors to this character over and over again why, why do they keep coming back to batman beyond the fact that he's insanely profitable for for the company you look at right now their slate dc movies they're making another film called the flash which has two people playing batman christopher not christopher uh no one uh ben affleck and michael keaton who played Batman both previously in separate movies, and they're back for The Flash, which means that within the next couple years, we're going to have had three people playing Batman in a live-action movie, which is too many? Too many Batman, I think. And you look at... Uh, I looked at a list of, of the animated films that they do with Batman, and it's overwhelming. Batman Ninja... Uh, Batman, but he's fighting Jack the Ripper in Victorian London or, or something, and it, it was really a lot to to see. 
They're too much. So much. Um, and the, why, why? Why? Well, I think the key is that Batman is a modern and versatile, almost mythical character in status. It's not new or original at all to say that superheroes are our, our modern mythology as a whole. That's an idea that uh, I really struggle with. I'm not saying I believe in that. I'm saying I hear that a lot. Um, and I think I might even disagree because while we can say that, oh, maybe Iron Man or Captain America are our modern mythology, um, they're just movie characters, aren't they? For, for most people, no one's going, oh, yeah. I mean, no, oh, yeah, this is the stuff from the comics. No, they're going, yeah, I love Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Because everyone goes, <laughs> this, is a, this is a tangent again. Everyone goes, Rob Downey Jr. makes Iron Man. The, these actors make the characters. And I, we're not mythologizing actors, are we? That would be bad. You shouldn't put uh, any sort of celebrity on any pedestal. That this is, this is a true tangent. Back to Batman. <laughs> um, when it comes to him, more so than any other comic book character, I do think he comes the closest uh, into fitting into that character category of a modern mythical character. Myth itself is a word that encompasses a lot of different meanings, but the hero of any myth, according to writer Joseph Campbell, who we'll talk about later in the show, is someone who has found or done something beyond the normal range of achievement and experience. A hero is someone who has given their life to something bigger than oneself. Now, in the regular world, Bruce Wayne would not be considered a normal man. He is a billionaire. And as everyone on social media loves to talk about, as if it's the first time they've ever said it, ever, there are a lot of better ways for him to use his wealth instead of funding his war on crime and beating up low-life criminals. He could be funding hospitals. He could be doing charitable acts across town, across the world. He could be giving Teslas to his friends like David Dobrik. But Batman is, and this is what people forget, Batman is a fictional character. He doesn't exist in the real world. He exists in a world where his greatest enemies include immortal assassins, interdimensional demons, and a guy who has an eraser for a head. To try and take one character out of context, a piece out of the puzzle, and put them in a different puzzle and go, hey, why doesn't this fit? Tell me, why doesn't this fit? It, it makes no sense. Superman and Flash, for example, are very fast, but nobody asks, oh, why don't they just run around, fly around, and fix everything? Why don't they solve world hunger? Why don't they stop climate change? Uh, and because people know that they're superheroes and that those powers don't exist in the real world. But because Batman is a normal guy with no powers... I think that lends into the social discourse because we see our billionaires in the world, uh, not to get political again, but we see our billionaires not really doing too much uh, to help the world with their wealth. You might disagree. That's fine. I'm not trying to argue about it. Um, that's just how, what I think and how I see it. A lot of people have a lot of money and they're not doing too much with it to help others. They're using it to buy mansions and uh, and make more money. So, you know, uh, to see Batman 
in that world with superpowered friends and foes. I think he does count as an ordinary human being. And with that, he fits the qualifications at the very least of being a, a mythical hero as defined by Campbell. Not just because of his character, uh, but because of his impact as an archetype. And more importantly, a very profitable brand. I mean, everyone loves Batman. Every kid loves Batman. I, I can't imagine not liking Batman. You know, he's, uh, he's one of the best. One of the best there is. But <laughs> moving on from mythology now, uh, at least uh, for now, Batman is, and, and this is the actual key. I know I said earlier there was a key, but this is the real, the, 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 the heart of Batman, is the fact that he is so incredibly versatile. Uh, you look at the 60s, there was a show called Batman, and it had Adam West and Burt Ward as Batman and Robin, Cesar Romero as a... Uh, as the Joker, excuse me, Bertha Kit as Catwoman, etc. And uh, it was a very colorful show. It wasn't dark and gritty. Uh, when you con when compare and when you when you compare and contrast it to uh, the Batman trailer with Robert Pattinson, you can see the differences uh, extremely. If you give yourself a chance to to look at both. Uh, the 60s show is very colorful. When they punch a goon, a, a title card shows up going, pow, wham, and there's a musical cue to go with it, like, um, But in the Batman trailer, Batman just punches a guy, man. He just punches him. The guy goes down. He just keeps punching again and again. It's scary. Um, and <laughs> But both of these takes, and a lot of people don't, realize this with, with the 60s show that's Batman that's just as much Batman as this new trailer or as any other movie before any other comic any other adaptation it's all valid the the key to Batman uh, at, at his core is that he is a normal world a normal oh my god I'm so sorry I, I ruined it <laughs> the, the heart the uh, the core of Batman, there there you go, I got, it, is that within his world he is always a regular man doing the impossible, someone who whose greatest power is their their intelligence, their endurance, their refusal to give up. As long as that remains true, you can define the rest of Batman and his supporting characters any way you want, um, and it's gonna be. A valid way of telling that story. You just have to get that 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 the the the, the beginning right, and and everything else can grow around it. However you see fit. Uh, I've read stories where Batman is set a hundred years into the future, and he's a, a an immortal being who is has who is a regular man. He just lives forever, and, and um, he's dealing with <clears throat> these dystopian future police. And I've also read a story where he's, as I said earlier, where he's fighting Jack the Ripper in Victorian times. And they're both Batman. You know? Um, so I hope to see in the future more takes on Batman that are more out there, more adventurous. Um, and this one looks to be one, when you look at all the movies that came before, it looks to be uh, not afraid, um, 
as the Nolan films might have been to to embrace Batman as a character. I think the the Christopher Nolan movies are very good, but Batman and and this happens with every Batman movie actually. Batman is the least important character. It's all about the villains: Jack Nicholson, uh, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, Tommy Lee Jones. Um, oh my God, what's his name? Oh no, Jim Carrey. How could I forget Jim Carrey? Um, Uma Thurman, etc. You know, uh, Heath Ledger, of course. Tom Hardy, Anne Hathaway, Cillian Murphy. Um, it, the villains are so important, and we love to see them because they're so bright and scary and and fun. Um, but this movie, based on the trailer, looks like it's really gonna embrace Batman. And what makes Batman Batman, and and uh, show him as maybe more of a character than he has been shown in the past, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, it's out next year, that's what it says in the trailer. But who knows at this point? Uh, it, it they still have to film seventy five percent of the movie, so I wouldn't hold my breath. I I I'm not sure. What, I think it's supposed to come out summer. Um, I would think it might be pushed back to winter, which would still be fun. I think Batman and Snow is is cool. <laughs> Not that they're gonna do that in the movie just because the movie gets pushed back, but yeah, um, the Batman directed by Matt Reeves out in twenty twenty one. Looking forward to seeing it. Against all odds, you're listening to Free Parking on Hawk Radio, hosted by me, Gustavo Julen. You're still listening to it. So, since the Batman trailer came out last week, I've been thinking a lot about not just mythology, but how we tell stories, and how that changes over time, and um, uh, I've been reading a book about both. It's called The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. I'm going to talk a little bit about it. I, w- I would recommend it. First thing straight up, um, I would recommend it if you like mythology and if you like uh, storytelling in general. This is a really important book about both of those. So if you're, if you're, if you're, inter- if you're, if you're interested in either of those, I would definitely check it out. Uh, what it is, is a non-fiction book, which is basically a very, very long essay. Uh, if you remember back in high school or college where you had to write essays and it was like introduction and then your body paragraph would have like you going like, Hey, well, this is what this body paragraph is going to be about. Hint, hint. And then you'd go, well, here's my point. And then you would go, Oh, well, here's actually some evidence to back up said point. This is, uh, just that. <laughs> for about 200 pages or so even more than that actually I'm, I'm i'm 200 pages in i'm still reading it and um when he talks about mr campbell mr joseph campbell this book was written in, in the 1940s by the way what he says is that uh the need for storytelling is universal and every story around the world has similar patterns and a similar journey um for it, to, for it to be uh, mythic in, in status. Um, 
so yeah it's uh he breaks the 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 he breaks the the cycle of of storytelling down into several stages and steps and i'm opening the book now you can hear the pages i hope they sound lovely so you start off with the call to adventure which is where the hero gets the uh, the, 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 the 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 adventure beckons him and uh, he has the opportunity to go on to the adventure and then later you have other stages like the road of trials where he meets his friends and enemies and and proves himself and it ends with uh the freedom to live where he's gone through the journey because that's what's about it's it's a hero's journey and it's about becoming a better person that's what myths are you know it's about heroes who become better they change throughout the story that's the point of storytelling i think is to take characters and and, and make them change uh, by the end of it whether it is by just having them learn a lesson or by a more fundamental change, like they become stronger or, or nicer or meaner, you know? And this has been a highly influential work, which is the reason I check it out to begin with. Um, this was written in the 1940s, as I said, and it's still referenced today. And uh, It was used, I think, around the 80s or the 90s. Christopher Vogler boiled the hero's journey down into 12 to 17 steps. Excuse the, the car who's guesting on the show today. Uh, he wrote down the 12 or 17 steps. He boiled it down, and he gave it as a memo to Disney. Who then gave it to this memo was used by Pixar as well. Uh, so it's a similar journey. Uh, in all storytelling, you will find the same patterns being played to. You shouldn't be restricted to doing this uh, specific hero's journey in any specific order. You should just do what your story says. But what Campbell is saying is like this is just the pattern that that is there. It's already there. It already exists. There's a universal need for storytelling, and this is how it's done. He gives many examples um, from many different cultures around the world, whether it be from from uh, tribes in India, in, um, in Africa, or uh, stories of the Aboriginals in Australia, or European uh, Christian stories. Um, so many uh, tales and myths that share the similar beats, the similar structure, um, which just proves his point, you know, that, that storytelling is everywhere. It's a universal, very human thing um, to have. And probably the biggest influence uh, this has ever had directly on anyone is uh, George Lucas, who did, of course, Star Wars. Uh, if you, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's great. Um, George Lucas was very inspired and, and used this structure so, he followed it so closely that when Campbell watched the movies and he had never seen, uh, he didn't really watch movies, but he, when he watched them, he recognized and he was like, oh, that's, it's really good that someone has, has watched my work. And he became a mentor to George Lucas, um, which is very inspiring to, to see and, and read about their, their, their friendship and, and how they learned from each other um 
so yeah, I mean, you look at Star Wars, uh, even just the first movie alone, I mean, the hero's journey can encompass the entire trilogy, but even in the first movie alone, there's the call to adventure, which is when Luke Skywalker uh, gets a message from R2-D2 and it's Princess Leia saying she needs help. There's the spirit, supernatural aid where he meets Obi-Wan Kenobi, a, a wise wizard who guides him. There's um, the meeting of the meeting with the goddess. Sorry, I was just scratching my arm there. <laughs> the meeting with the goddess, which is a stage where the hero meets someone who represents uh, knowing more knowledge than, than, than the man, than the hero. Uh, and he meets, that's when he meets Leia, who is also dressed in all white, and she's smarter and wiser. Um, and there's the ultimate boon, which is the stage where the hero uh, wins, basically. That's when he blows up the Death Star. Um, and you could still stretch that cycle out to uh, the original trilogy itself from, from, I would say, even to The Last Jedi. But that wasn't a George Lucas film, I would say. From, from A New Hope to Return of the Jedi, you could map out the entire hero's journey there as well. It's everywhere. You could probably do it individually with the, the sequels as well, those those movies, Empire and Return. Um, and another, there are a lot, another, um, another evolution of the hero's journey is uh, the story circle, which was made by Dan Harmon, who created Community and co-created Rick and Morty, uh, two good shows, uh, more or less, and. The story circle is less focused on an epic hero. It's less focused on being mythic. And I think very importantly, um, supernatural, not supernatural, I'm, so, I'm sorry, spiritual. Because with uh, the hero's journey, Campbell associates myth with spirituality and, and religiousness. So it ends with, with uh, the master of two worlds. And that's mastering the yin and the yang and finding balance and, and stuff like that, which uh, obviously George Lucas took that too and, and put it into Star Wars with the force and the light and the dark side. So there's a lot of, of Buddhism in the hero's journey. Um, and what Harmon did was just stripped away of all that and just stripped it and boiled it down to the basic storytelling function of like a character needs something, they pay a price for it. Um, when once they get it and uh, by the end of it what's important is as always the character changes so um, yes I've always been interested in, in the structure of storytelling and how that works and I think it's really interesting um, to, to see where where this kind of thinking uh, academic thinking began uh, and it began here with The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. So if you're interested in storytelling, if you're a writer or you just like mythology, then I would definitely check this out. That's The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. Now it's time for a segment called, No, Don't Go to the Movies. Uh, it's not safe. You, you shouldn't do that. Don't go to the movies right now. Um, just, just wait it out a bit. Uh, thanks. Uh, this is a new weekly segment where we talk about cinemas and how they're doing. 
Uh, of course, after several months of being shut down, movie theaters are finally reopening today. Uh, not today, sorry. Uh, this past weekend. With two significant releases. Tenet, uh, directed by Christopher Nolan. And New, Mutant, New, <laughs> New Mutants, directed by Josh Boone. Today, I'd like to focus on the latter of those two. Uh, because while Tenet has been hyped as this big movie that is going to herald the return of cinemas, uh, getting back into business after being shut down, New Mutants is not all seen that way. It's the it's very different. Um, if you don't know anything about the movie, New Mutants is an X-Men film based on characters created around the 80s uh, by Chris Claremont and Bob McLeod. I hope that's how you say the last name there. The film is a horror movie, which is a bit of a departure from the source material, uh, <laughs> which is more about just teenagers dealing with being mutants and, and outcasts in society and having their own issues. And, and just uh, it's a bit of a soap opera. There's, there's horror elements for sure, but to make it an all horror movie is certainly uh, a choice. It, it is a choice. Um, it's been in the works for a long time, but most of that time has just been delaying the movie over and over. Oh, motorcycle. And then if you went on the show today, <laughs> there he goes. Uh, see, X-Men movies were originally made by 20th Century Fox, who were bought by Disney about, I think, a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. That purchase and merger uh, put New Mutants on the back burner, and no one was sure what would happen to it. People thought it would just get dumped on streaming, but uh, I've heard a rumor, which is a rumor, and, and might not be true, but I, I really think it is based on this, because New Mutants is a very cheap movie to make. I'm not sure the exact budget, but a Fox executive said that they could remake the entire movie, and it still wouldn't cost them anything. So you have to imagine that it's, it's very cheap. Which means that um, if they put it on streaming, they probably won't even make that much money. Um, but they, they, it's it's gonna be okay for them financially. That's what I'm saying. But I heard that Fox had a clause with Disney, stating that in order to to complete the merger, uh, one of the many factors is that they had to give all of Fox's movies that hadn't been released yet, including New Mutants. They had to give them a theatrical release. Um, so I think that with Tenet coming out now and cinemas reopening again, finally, uh, I saw a picture on Twitter the other day of a, an AMC theater that still had Sonic the Hedgehog uh, posters on it, uh, which is very funny uh, to think that that was the last big uh, release. Jeez. Uh, what a year, eh? Um, but yeah, uh, it looks like Disney just went, all right, let's just dump this movie right now. We'll make a bit of money. They might even make their money back. I think it's meant to make $10 million. However, they've been marketing it for so long, literally for years. You have to imagine that their marketing budget has just been stretched out. So I don't think, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe they won't make their money back and it'll be a, a big failure. But um, I looked at my local theater listings this for this past weekend, and New Mutants had twenty eight showings. Uh, 
because it's just that internet. 28 showings a day, by the way, not just for the whole weekend, for a day, every day, 28 showings. That's 28, that's so many um, potential showings. And I guarantee most of them, for New Mutants at least, are going to be empty. Empty. There's no way around it. Not as many people are going to the cinemas. And um, yeah, even then, it's like you can't have people in every single show in 28 times over. Um, it's crazy. Uh, having said that, though, it might not be empty. And you shouldn't go to the cinemas anyway. It's not, the cinema has never been a hygienic place, in my opinion. It's not worth sitting down and risking your life uh, and potentially getting exposed. Uh, it's just really not worth it. Um, you, you have to wear a mask for two hours in the dark, sitting down. That's got to be frustrating. I know for me, that would frustrate me. Even though I, I wear masks for my job for a lot longer, um, I don't know. I think it would just really annoy me. And I can't imagine that everyone's... I, it's, how can we not expect people to just take their mask off as soon as it goes dark in the theater? You know, are people going to be watching? I don't really understand. Um, and I just don't think it's safe. And you shouldn't go to the movies right now. I really do not think anyone should be going. The experience of being in the cinema is lovely and rewarding. But uh, so is being alive and being healthy. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame to see this happen to New Mutants. Not the film itself. It's not getting good reviews at all. And the director uh, seems like a bad guy. Uh, straight up, not to get political. <laughs> but uh, there is a character called Roberto, who is a superhero, a Brazilian superhero, who in the comics is portrayed uh, as dark-skinned. And they cast a light-skinned actor, um, which made some fans go, why did you do that? And the director said that he doesn't care about um, because Brazil is, is has, has a racism problem towards uh, dark-skinned Brazilians, as I understand it. And the director said he doesn't care about the racism. He just cared about having the best actor there, which is problematic. And also, one of the characters is very racist towards a Native American character and makes jokes about their heritage and stuff. Which is, uh, first of all, wrong. Uh, to do so in the first place, of course. But to give those lines and make people see the character saying them as, as being racist, a racist bully, it's uh, messed up when that character is nothing like that in the original text. Um, you're changing the perception of how people see this property, and that's very damaging when you're, when you're acting so careless. Even the co-creator of New Mutants, um, Bob McLeod, as I said earlier, I hope that's how you say his name. I, I really hope so. I, I'm, I tried finding how to say it online, but um, he said that none of his input, he drew the characters, by the way, and he said that nothing about the characters in the film was, none of his influence on them was there. And not only that, but they misspelled his name. And this movie did not have any reshoots. It's just been sitting in a vault for years. I think three years, maybe? I have no clue. But it, it, uh, it's disrespectful and really irresponsible um, to not even correct a name 
after all that you had all that time to do that it's like if i completed uh this radio show uh, podcast two weeks in advance and it was it was just janky and, and didn't sound good at all maybe it doesn't sound good right now but you know i'm trying um i hope you get the point i'm making it's just it's not right um and it's sad that people are going to see the the property of new mutants as a uh, this they're going to think of this movie this long delayed movie that turned to a joke because of how it was never coming out and, and now it's out and it's bad and um it sucks especially if you like those characters and you want other people to like them as well uh, how they're seen in movies is, is the the forefront of their public perception so yeah I, I haven't seen the box office numbers yet for new mutants but it seems destined to not do great uh it'll be interesting to see how tenet does because that really will be the sign for whether or not releasing movies in the cinema is still profitable on the other side of the distribution spectrum we have disney releasing mulan through disney plus you just have to pay an additional 30 dollars, which is uh, crazy because you can watch the original mulan and hundreds of other movies if not thousands for seven dollars on disney plus normal app so we have two competing ways for how movies will be released in a quarantine covid world the new world we have the old standard way of you just go to the cinema and you have to wear a mask there's like a little asterisk like you go to the cinema it's fine but you have to do some stuff too um or a new way that if successful has the potential to really change everything uh, i think because if it i'm not sure if mulan will be a hit but if COVID is still bad if there's a second wave i don't want to cause any dread but if there is a second wave around the time that black widow their next movie is supposed to be released i could definitely see them putting black widow on disney plus um it's an mcu movie which everyone loves those marvel movies and it's uh it, it would be it's it, even if they were released in cinemas black widow would make so much more money than mulan um so the chances of it doing better in disney plus with that 30 dollars price tag i think are way better and i think they might try that again uh with black widow uh even if mulan doesn't work out i think they'll still keep trying it um it'd be weird if mulan was just a one-off thing the only time they ever do that you know so um yeah uh i don't know what cinemas will even look like once this is all over but i think what's happening now is really interesting and i'm gonna keep coming back to it and giving updates uh as the weeks go by next week uh the tenant box office results should be in and th those are gonna be i'm sure a lot of cinemas and, and cinema owners are really holding their breath and waiting for that to, to come in because if, if if they do well box office wise if that film does good then, well, everyone gets to put their movie in, you know? They're going to keep putting movies in the theaters, and people are going to keep going. I don't think Tenet is the most in-demand movie in the world. I don't think everyone's like, we got to see Tenet. I want to see Tenet when it's safe. Um, and I think once it's all over, Tenet will be re-released. All these movies that come out between now and December will be re-released, and you shouldn't go to the cinema. <laughs> uh i really you no one should be going to the cinema right now 
please, it's not right. Uh, just not safe. Don't risk your life or anyone else's. So yeah, this has been, uh, don't go to the movies. Please stop. Just don't go. Do the right thing. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that next week. I wanted to record this next bit separate from the rest of the podcast uh, because maybe selfishly I didn't want to start the show on such a downer, but I do need to talk about and pay tribute to the passing of, of Chadwick uh, Bozeman, who passed away last Friday uh, from, from cancer. It's really sad. I don't really know how to process it. it. It's genuinely just shocking to hear that he was battling colon cancer since 2016. And when you look at his filmography, that's really around where things took off and he was making all these movies. You know, it's um very incredible to see that he wasn't letting that illness cancer uh, deter him from pursuing his dreams and, and being a, in the prime of his acting career and he didn't let that stop him at all he was doing all those movies the press tours the interviews he was gaining muscle while on chemotherapy and in, in between surgeries too um it's uh, astounding to see that he he was still driven and still making what he loved to do still doing what he loved to do i'm sorry um despite having such a horrible illness over him and uh it's incredible he was 43 years old which is uh, far too young and uh it it really is just um gut-wrenching to hear that someone uh, had their life ended at uh, when they had so many more movies to do and, and, and uh, yeah uh, it's very sad uh, rest in peace rest in power and um, my thoughts are with his family well uh, that's looking like a wrap on this first episode of Free Parkin F-R-E-E um, I think it was an adjustment, certainly. It was a change uh, to, 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 to work on it. Um, but uh, hopefully it was all right enough for you to come back next week um, and check it out again. Uh, you know, we have to build a foundation, and then we build on that, and we get better, as I said earlier in the show. Um, so here, you know... I'm open to feedback, of course. Um, my Instagram is, is Gus Julin, if you ever want to talk about the show or whatever. I mean, hopefully about the show. Or if you just want to talk to me. Uh, um, I mean, it's kind of weird if you don't know me. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> this is a terrible, this is a terrible closing to the episode. But, um, this has been Free Parking on Hawk Radio. Next week, we'll be back again on Monday. And uh, we'll, who knows what we'll be talking about then. I don't know. 
but um, thank you so much for listening and making it this far, uh, despite any audio problems or whatnot. I really appreciate it. Um, so thank you again for listening. This has been Free Parking on Hawk Radio. I'm Gustavo Julin. Uh, have a great week.